Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is Mark Joseph Ben, and I'm doing another podcast. It is Sunday, Sunday at noon. Well, twelve oh four p.m. was the was the goddamn date, February twenty sixth. I don't know how this one is gonna go. This podcast, because it's uh, my wife is is out with the baby, so I figure I'll bang it out now where I can talk in my own goddamn apartment without uh, waking up a screaming baby. But I, I mean, I just got up though, so I don't know. I don't know how alive I'm gonna be. I got my coffee here, right? I got it here. Hold on, I'm gonna sip it. I always, I don't know about you guys, but ever since that Seinfeld episode, I can't take a sip of coffee without going, ah, they've ruined me. Larry David and Jerry and the whole crew, they have simply, they just, they, they nailed everything. It's like there's nothing in life that you can do that you can't relate back to Seinfeld. My God, the guy, geniuses, just geniuses. And don't judge me. Don't you judge me by saying, Mark, it's 12, 1204, and you just just rolling out of bed. Well, you can judge. If you're judging me in a positive way, if you're like, that dude is awesome. I love that dude for getting out of bed at noon, even when he's a 38-year-old adult male, then I will say, go ahead and judge that. But if you... If you have a negative judgment, or even even a neutral one, I don't want to be judged neutrally. Don't have no opinion about me, only a positive one. If you have a negative opinion, you know, go fuck yourself. How about that? Uh, look, I'm a comedian, all right? And I had a show last night. Now you're thinking, okay, well, that makes a bit of sense. The man was out late. He had a show. So, of course, you know, he's like a firefighter. Who had who had a late night fire? You know you don't expect that man to get up, or or lady. There are lady firefighters now. Let's not discriminate. You don't expect that man or lady to uh, to wake up at the crack of dawn when they were fighting a fire late into the night. That's the same thing. I'm a hero, but uh, I do have to admit I was home by about midnight. So technically, I really, there was no reason to stay up late. And I even, I even went to bed. I went to bed probably about 1 a.m., you know. Still getting up at noon. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. Well, I do know how it happened. What happened was my wife is not here, and a baby is not here to wake me up. So I just kept on sleeping. And in all honesty, the only reason I did wake up is the fucking cat. This cat she just like we don't let her in the room because wife has got the old asthma. So we we prefer the cat to sleep in the living room. She also seems to prefer that until it's time to get up. When it's time to get up, this cat she just she'll she scratches at the door. But like she does it, she knows how to do it to make the most amount of noise. She puts her nails under the door. She can fit them under the door there, and she just dink, and it just rattles the door. She just you're getting up now. I'm a cat, and I don't even know what she wants. I come out, and she just, she has her food. She has her water. She just just wants to see your face. And so you're mad for a minute, but you realize she just she just loves you. You know? And your heart melts. And then she licks her ass, and your heart freezes again. Oh, going to get me some more coffee here. Hang on a sec. 
There we go. Nectar at a Gats. I had a, a guitar teacher. I, uh, when I was young, I used, to, I used to like to play guitar. I still kind of like to play guitar. I just don't do it. Um, so I signed up for guitar lessons in Newfoundland with this, um, with this dude. And he used to come in. At the time, I probably didn't know because I was 12 or 13. But he would come in clearly hungover. Clearly just a bag of shit. He would just, I always, I just thought uh, that he was out late fighting fires. No, but like I thought he was out late, you know, um, playing with his band, you know, and maybe he was, you know, but he was clearly also a drunk. Uh, He would just come in and and like, I didn't get lessons at like a crazy, uh, crazy man's house. I was at a music store. I would go to his music store and, um, and the lessons were like, after school, generally. So we're talking like three thirty, four in the in the afternoon, and and he would just roll out of bed clearly and tr- barely make it. And I was usually waiting for him, and he'd come in and he would look like dog shit, and he would, uh, but he'd always have a coffee, a Tim Hortons coffee. And if you don't if you don't live in Canada uh, or Dubai, because Tim Hortons is in Dubai, I don't know why. But there they are, and um, Tim Hortons is a is a very large donut shop coffee chain, and uh, I don't really like their coffee. And I'm sorry if that offends every single Canadian who's ever been born. But um, it's just it's it's a bit of a I don't know a bland tasting coffee. So uh, I've gotten into the Starbucks. I'm one of those guys, you know. They're people. They, I I got. I got enamored with the fancy coffees when I was a bit younger, so I'm still into that now, even though uh, I'm, I mostly make my coffee at home. Look, look, I just realized how boring that was, because I just got up, all right? I haven't finished my nectar at a gats, so I should have. I should have waited. I'm just afraid that the wife is going to come home. I almost feel like doing the podcast is like I'm doing something wrong. I just, I try to do it. The second someone leaves the house, ah, I get my podcast done. I'll get it done. Like I'm trying to watch porn or something. It's just, I got I to gotta do it before she gets back. If she catches me, it's going to be bad. Hold on. I'm going to drink coffee. Nectar and a gads. But yeah, that's what this hungover guitar teacher used to say all the time. Nectar and a gads. And I can't get it out of my head. And uh, hopefully now that's in your head and you will say it. When you drink coffee. Now you have two things. The Seinfeld, ah, and the Nectar de Gads. So yeah, the show last night uh, was good. I mean, borderline great. Now, you know what? I'm going to say great, borderline amazing. It was, you know, I I just want to put that out there to say I don't always complain, right? And so uh, on, on... other po- long-time listeners to the podcast. This is podcast eight, I believe. But long-time listeners, they, uh, they're they aware that I've complained about some gigs. I think that was one of my primary reasons for starting the podcast, is that so I could bitch and moan uh, when something goes wrong. Like, as I tell you, I, when a set isn't perfect, man, oh man, does that make me mad. I am, I'm just mad. Like, even last night, there was a, there was something, I said something I didn't love, and um, I was at the Bobby Orr Community Center uh, in uh, 
prairie sound. That's where Bobby Orr is from. Bobby Orr is a famous hockey player. Much like Tim Horton, who's a famous hockey player, turned into Donut Mogul. But Bobby Orr is, uh, you know, he's still alive. And uh, he's, he's famous. He's uh, arguably the greatest player of all time. I, of course, think it's Wayne Gretzky. But, um, but there are people who say Bobby Orr, and it's hard, it, it's hard to say he's not. I mean, he, because he, he played defense... And also won the scoring title. So he won the offensive titles, for those of you who don't know hockey, and while winning the defensive titles. That's sort of impossible. The only thing that would be more impossible is if a goaltender did that. And uh, so Wayne Gretzky, while his offensive numbers are far more impressive, he played offense. So since Bobby Orr's offensive numbers are shockingly good, when he played defense, uh, le- leading the entire league, not leading the defenseman, leading the league in points, and then winning the Norris Trophy, which is trophy for best defenseman. Like, that's crazy. So anyway, I'm at this, like the man's heralded as a god, and uh, rightfully so. So I am at this Bobby Orr Community Center, but it's a hockey, it's a hockey rink, obviously. And um, I'm in the upstairs part of the hockey rink, and it holds a lot of people. There was a couple hundred people there, I think. And uh, it's a... It was a it was a great show. It was a great show. But I said at the time, like I have a part of my routine where I'm talking about like uh, how it'd be nice to be more famous, you know. And I said, don't get me wrong, you know, it was always my dream to play the Bobby Orr Community Center in Prairie Sound, and everybody laughed because you know that's you know that's fine. But I harped on it a couple of times, and it's not like it seemed to change the mood. I just didn't enjoy. Like, there was no need to, to say it two more times, you know? Like, there was no need to actually make them think, is he really upset about being here? Because I wasn't really upset about being here, but it's just it's just the first one got a big laugh, so I just figured I'd, you know, work, I'd, I'd, I'd tag it a couple of times, you know? And then, but I just, then I regretted it. I regretted the thought that what if these people think, that I am irritated to be in their small town. And I didn't like that. That was the only part of the show that if I had my time back, I would have, uh, I would have changed. You know? But it, I really don't think that they were uh, offended or that they took it the wrong way. I just, just in case one or two of them did, you know, and that, like, that's, that's me. That's, and I think a lot of comedians, you sit there and you focus on, the minutia of like, why was that? Oh, that I hated the way I did that thing with my hand. Or well, why did I have to say that to the audience member like that? I should have said it this way or whatever. You know, I you just you can't get it out of your head. It's a it's a bit of a perfection complex, I guess. But uh, show was good. Show was good. I was there with uh, Scott McMahon, who's a lovely man. His his name should be Scott McLovely Man. If he's listening, Scotty. Uh, he was actually talking about the podcast. He he enjoys the podcast. He said uh, he he liked the quality of the podcast. He he does uh, videos himself, and he was asking me how to do it. It's very flattering, you know, when someone when someone wants to use you know your techniques. It must be it must be decent quality that I'm putting out there. If uh, if he likes the way it sounds, although he did say, you know what, I said he enjoys the podcast. But what he did say was that he loved the quality of the podcast, you know, the sound of it. Um, and my friend Daryl, Daryl Purvis, who I've mentioned, uh, fan, fancy comedian Daryl Purvis, uh, Daryl also told me 
previously that Scott enjoyed the quality. They said they both listened to the podcast driving out to a gig somewhere, and Scott was enamored with the quality. And uh, did I say enamored twice already in this podcast? I do that sometimes. I get stuck on a word, and I just keep saying it. Anywho's, anywhoozles, um, Daryl and Scott listen to the podcast. And then, so, of course, when someone says, I listen to your show, or I saw you perform. There has to be a follow-up. There's this Mitch Hedberg joke, actually. Mitch Hedberg, if you don't know, one of the most brilliant comedians of all time. Go look him up. Um, Mitch Hedberg has a joke about how a guy saw him in the airport and said, Hey, man, I saw you on stay on Letterman last night. And then the guy just walked away. He said, You can't say that to a comedian. So later, I saw that same guy in the line waiting to get on the plane, and I said, hey, man, I saw you earlier at the airport. You were good. And that's, it's a funny joke, but that's the type of thing you expect. If someone saw you say, you know, perform, and then you don't say, hey, that that was good, or I enjoyed it, it makes you, of course, assume that they did not. So uh, why did they go out of their way to say, hey, I saw you, and then have nothing to say about it? And so when Daryl and Scott say, They've listened to the podcast, uh, and they the quality was amazing. That, to me, it sounds like, look, and I know I'm crazy. I'm a crazy person. I, I get that. It's, it's noon. I'm rolling out of bed. Um, but you, you just you think that people are reaching for something to say. You know, if someone gets a bad haircut— and you're just trying to, oh, I like the color. I didn't get it colored. Well, it's great, the color of your hair. You know, it's, um, so I like the quality. The content, oh, just fucking no. Hated the content. I was going to say dog shit. The content is dog shit. But like I said, I get stuck on words. So it would have been like the ninth time I said dog shit. You know what? I should have at least had half of this coffee before I started. In fact, I'm going to pause this and uh, chug half this coffee. Okay, so I have guzzled a pile of nectar of the gods, and uh, I'll probably get heartburn now, Then I'll complain about that. So what I was talking about was how that I need the undying love and compliments uh, of every human being in regards to everything I do. So Daryl and... Uh, Scott, like the quality, and sometimes I think, then I'm like, well, well, what am I doing wrong? I like the podcast. Makes me laugh. Maybe I'm an e- maybe I'm easy to make laugh. I don't know. You know, I get I'm getting other responses. People people are enjoying it. You know, I wasn't sure they would. You know, because it's just me yammering on like a fucking idiot. But uh, people are enjoying it. I'm getting good feedback. I'm paranoid. I am paranoid. It's like uh, some 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 guy saw me one time. Like I, I'm a I'm a headlining comic, so I I, I blow into town at one point, and it was a, uh, uh, it was actually this one was in Ottawa, I think, and um, this dude came to see me, who we kind of started together back in the day. We were both amateur comics, you know, doing like our seven eight minute sets, and this guy came to see me. Uh, 
because he hadn't seen me in so long, and and now uh, I'm I'm a headliner. I'm the I'm the show. So he's yeah, that is very nice of him to stop by. Like when a comedian stops by to watch you, it's usually to me it's a big compliment, you know, because comedians are always out at comedy clubs, and so you're not on the show, and you're going to make a special effort to come out and see somebody. And it was pretty. It was pretty early on into my headlining. It was a few years ago, um, and I. I had only fairly recently become a headliner, and uh, it was nice that this guy came to see me. But um, that was just Nick. Nick just texted in. Nick, the bodybuilder, he's texted in. We have things to say about Nick, but maybe I'll say that on the next podcast. It depends. It depends uh, where I get to. I don't know where I'm going on these podcasts. I get all, I just, there's no script. There's no script, baby. It's flying by the seat of my pants. And, um, yeah, I just realized I sort of curtailed my yelling just now. But there's no kid here. I can yell as much as I want. Actually, you know what? I'm in an apartment building. I probably probably shouldn't do that. My next-door neighbors are like, what's wrong with that place? If there's not some baby screeching or some crazy person screaming. Some cat banging on the doors. What was I talking about? I was talking about right. I was talking about Greg. There's this guy, Greg. Uh, very, he, he's a very funny guy, and and uh, I had a lot of respect for him. Had I shouldn't say had it kind of that's kind of kind of let you know what happened. But uh, I have a lot of respect for him. It's just that when he came to see the show, which I say again was very kind, he um, afterwards, and I did very well. I was I was proud of the set. He said uh, he said, "Oh, Mark Bennett." You're very charming. And I was like, oh, charming. And you're like, well, Mark, you got a compliment. Why are you such a dick? It's just, you know, you guys aren't dumb. You know. You know he's looking for something to say. Like, it, it, almost, it almost sounded like an insult. I, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say it right now. It almost sounded like an insult because I did do well. So he could have said, Wow, you killed, or man, they loved you, or you know, like I mean, he, you're still not. If you didn't enjoy it, if you personally, because the guy, like, I mean, I think, I, I personally think he, um, he was a bit of a an envelope pusher of his own comedy. Like he liked a little more, I should say, of an alternative comedy scene. And I love, I love a lot of alternative comedy. I hate a lot of alternative comedy, but I love the good stuff. And he was good. And um, so, you know, you know not what you do is not going to be everybody's cup of tea. You know, at the time, I'm a little different now, but at the time I was a lot more like a Ray Romano. Very slice of life, uh, doing this voice. <laughs> I'm very tall. I wasn't actually doing Ray Romano. Uh, but uh, that's how I used to describe my comedy because I would talk about my family and I would talk about things that happened. And, and it was uh, it was crowd-pleasing. You know, you want – I just – I, I wanted to get up there and, and do a good job. And nowadays, I, it's a little more biting. It's a little more sarcastic. Uh, I, I'll talk about politics if I feel like it. I'll talk about stuff that's going on. I'll be critical. At the time, I was a little more uh, diplomatic in, in the way I did comedy. And uh, who knows? Maybe I changed a little bit because of what Greg said. I don't know. Uh, but um, he said I was charming. And it's, like, it's almost even an excuse as to why I did well. You know, well, you charmed them. And now Woody Allen, Woody Allen would be, uh, he, he's the guy who's famous uh, 
<laughs> he's famous uh, for you know why no the, the the famous quote by Woody Allen is um about stand up comedy is that they have to like you first then they'll like your comedy and he's right i mean of course like bill hicks uh he he's bill hicks was one of the more harsh comedians of all time very um satirical very and not even necessarily satirical just outright balls out critical of the government and and politics in general and he had uh, and and uh, religion and he had a lot of uh uh, well, well ahead of his time, died far too young. He had just gotten a show on the BBC, actually, uh, that, and it would have been uh, like a, The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, but back in like 1992. So uh, I think it really, he was all, he was screaming this Bill Hicks about George Bush Sr., about the stuff he was up to in Afghanistan with the pipelines. It's crazy. No internet. And this guy, this guy's talking like, he had just done a pile of internet research. I don't know how he knew. He knew all these conspiracy theories that have, have since been proven to be true. Like, he was just a really smart guy. But that's the shit he's yelling about on stage. That's really hard to make funny. Uh, and he was very angry about all of it. And uh, yet, he was an extremely successful commercial comedian. Commercial and critical. He was, he was, people loved him. He's, he was great. Um, and, uh, but he made, he made as harsh and as, as angry as he was, he made people like him. Not all people. There are, I mean, he had his fans, but he did. Doug Stanhope is another guy. Doug Stanhope is, oh, like, I mean, he's, he's rough. He's a rough man. There's a, it's a, I love him. I love Doug Stanhope. And, uh, but, it, you know, he's, he, there are no apologies in Doug Stanhope's routine. He is a, he's a, he's a gruff comedian, you know? Very abrasive at times, and uh, but again, there's something charming, uh, to use Greg's word, charming about Doug Stanhope, and you you do you have you do have to make them like you. So, in that sense, sure, it's a compliment. But in the stand-up world, like I've said it to other stand-ups, and they've all had the same reaction, which is, oh yeah, yeah, I don't think he was trying to be a nice guy. You know, and I think that maybe he was trying to be a nice guy, but it it's just and like you're like, well, Mark, this is a very a very small thing to be talking about for the last like 900 minutes here uh, on your podcast. But I've been carrying that with me for 10 or 12 years. Is that why I did this whole podcast to talk about the time Greg called me charming? Maybe maybe this is the last podcast. Maybe some of you are saying, thank God. Thank God, all he's doing is bitching and moaning and sipping coffee into the microphone. And one more time. Oh, coffee. Um, but yeah, you know. But maybe, maybe Greg helped. Maybe Greg helped, because I do feel I'm a better comic. You know what? Probably he didn't help. I Sure, I'm a better comic, but I've been at it another decade. You know, you're going to get better if you're working. If you're trying hard, you're going to get better. You will get worse if you coast. You will definitely get worse. It's Comedy is this type of thing where if you're not writing all the time, your stuff gets dated. It gets stale. And not just like in actual uh, facts. Like, you know, talking about, hey, you know, Ronald Reagan. Hey, folks, uh, Monica Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky, folks. Like, it is, it's not, it's not just the 
actual timeline, but the style of comedy becomes dated. You nowadays everything is a Louis C.K. You know, it's uh, the conversational style has has morphed into what he's doing. But uh, so it, even myself, if I pull out like last night, you know, I'm doing a like a corporate show we call them or a semi-corporate because it wasn't a stuffy office building it was at a community center but it's just it's still your book to do you know a corporate gig and uh they wanted it clean we didn't we didn't go clean because we could tell the audience i mean we she basically she when i said uh so uh you say you want to clean she goes yeah just no like you know long long bits about the c word or something like that <laughs> that 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 is what you uh, just guys, don't don't scream cunt every fifteen seconds. You know, keep it clean. <laughs> like that is a low bar. What I mean is Prairie Sound, right? We're talking about uh, population of sixty five hundred. You know, where everybody had a plaid shirt and a baseball hat on. That that is what they consider keeping clean. You know, ah, listen, I really the time you said cunt thirty five times in a row. We some of the old people they didn't love it. They didn't love it. They liked the first twenty cunts, but. You know, right around that 30th one, they were getting a little antsy. I probably shouldn't be just screaming cunt into a microphone because uh, my neighbors can hear it. And you guys, maybe you're listening, you know, uh, in a cubicle. Maybe uh, you're maybe you're driving driving your car and you have, you've got uh, a loved one or you've got uh, an employee or a boss. Somebody's in your car and you're like, oh, listen to this guy. I like this guy. He's 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 charming. And I'm like, ah, cunty, cunt, cunt, you know? And see, I did it again. <laughs> I did it again. Sorry about that. So, yeah, is it a compliment? I don't know. I don't know. Now, what I really was going to talk about on this podcast was uh, Jess Lively. I should have just started with the Jess Lively. You know what? Maybe I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that for my next podcast because I just uh, belched. Man, oh man, I don't wake up well. I do not wake up well. I really, <laughs> I may re-record this fucking thing. No, I'm not going to re-record it. I'm not going to re-record I just got all that uh, Greg Charming stuff off my chest for the first time. I don't feel any better. I don't feel, you know, therapy in general, I just, I don't know if it works. And, you know, I've been starting, I'm starting to get backed up by science. Science is slow to catch up to me. All right. I'm like, I'm like Bill Hicks. I know things before they are known, you know, but like I have friends who who go to therapy. I've gone to a therapist myself every now and again, one time I lost all of our money in the stock market and, uh, I thought I needed ADHD pills, um, well, because my doctors told me I needed them. That's a whole rigmarole. Have I talked about that? If not, it's coming up. <laughs> Man, I got like nine podcasts in the chamber now just from this rambling. Any hoozles. What was I saying? I, I say, what was I saying? Like, you guys are here to help me out. I'm looking at a cat who's pissed off that I'm not throwing a ball to her. That's really the reason she wakes us up. You know, I, I tried to make her nice, tried to make it sound like she's a little loving cat, but she wakes me up because she likes to play fetch, and that is cool. It's cool that your cat plays fetch. 
You know, you throw this little soccer ball and she runs down the hallway and she grabs it and she brings it back and drops it at your feet. And it's very cute. But that is all she wants to do. She's like a simpleton. She's like a um, like an athlete. You know, I just want to run and play catch. She's like, is, which is what you need to be an elite athlete like a Sidney Crosby or a, or a, a, I don't know who else. A LeBron James. Like you got to you got to be thinking only of your sport, hockey, 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 hockey. You wake up, oh, I love hockey, and then you play hockey all day, and you, oh, I wish you could play hockey, but I got to go to sleep. Hockey, 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 and that is how this cat is. She's ball. Let me, let me play the ball. I'm pretty sure if there was an Olympics, she would be the gold medal winner for little soccer ball chasing. You know, she's so that's really what she wants. I'm not sure she loves or has the capacity to love me or Sarah. She just. Uh, Wants us to throw the ball. She's always going over to the baby and nudging the baby with her head. And then it looks very cute. We're taking pictures and shit. But uh, we know it's just she's testing the baby to see if the baby is sturdy enough to throw the ball to her. And unfortunately, we've lost this fucking little soccer ball. Um, two days ago, it dis- this happens all the time. We, b- we buy a bunch of them. But you will only chase one in particular. And it has to be all, like, mashed up and kind of dirty. And then she loves that one. And eventually, and then she loses them. I don't know what she does with them. I don't know what vortex they go into. But she loses them. They're probably, like, 900 behind the fridge or something. And, uh, and then I try to give her a new ball, and she resists for a week, maybe two. But soon she just gets so desperate to play. She's like, all right, all right, I'll do this friggin' new ball. And uh, now she's really bugging us. I feel I feel for her. She doesn't understand English, so I'm trying to explain we've lost the ball, but the cat's like, I don't I don't know what you're saying. Throw the ball. Ball. And and even now I'm saying ball, and she does seem to understand that word, and she's looking over. It breaks your heart. It breaks your heart. But oh, I was talking about psychology. Right. So I know the history of psychology. Do you guys remember when Tom Cruise lost his mind? And uh he was jumping on couches. With Oprah Winfrey saying that uh, he wasn't gay and that he loved Katie Holmes. I love her. I love Katie Holmes. And then Matt Lauer was interviewing. I think it was Matt Lauer on the Today Show. One of those fucking guys. One of those guys who says, I'm not really a news anchor. I'm a cool guy. I could have done anything in life. I could have been a comedian. I could have been an actor. But I'm just a handsome broadcaster. Eh, I don't know about those guys. Anyway, so this guy is doing a gotcha interview with Tom Cruise, which is not fair. Tom Cruise is not a, not he's not brilliant. He is a great actor. I love Mission Impossibles. And you don't tell me he's not captivating. He's more than charming. He's captivating. And it it you know, is he a, a, as brilliant of an actor as uh Benicio del Toro? Probably not. You know? Or or the guy from No Country for Old Men, what's his name? I love that guy. Not the Tommy Lee Jones, although I do like the Tommy Lee Jones. Um you know, the guy who married Penelope Cruz. I think his last name is also Cruz, which is a bit weird. Uh, what the fuck is his name? You know, apparently if you look to the left and you look to the right, it helps you uh, remember things. I'll try it right now. I think I've said this on the podcast. Hard to remember because I'm, I'm so groggy from getting up just now. But uh, I'm looking left. I'm looking right. Cruz. No, wait. Penelope Cruz is with Tom Cruise. <laughs> how about that? Oh, the coincidences. Uh, or it's probably how I got to that. Anyway, 
Who knows what his name is? Apparently looking left and right doesn't help at all. Um, but that guy is a great actor. And to, but Tom Cruise, you know, he, he's being interviewed by Matt Lauer. And Matt Lauer is like asking him, why are you so crazy? I don't know how they got into it. And Tom Cruise is getting mad and going, well, I know the history of psychology. Do you? Do you know the history of psychology? Because I do. And maybe Tom Cruise does know. I don't know. He certainly knows the history of how to stay immaculate. The man is like 900 years old and he looks like he's still in Top Gun. How is he fucking doing? What face cream is he using? Look, I'm I'm a man. I'm a regular man. I'm not that interested in face cream products. But if you told me that Tom Cruise was using a particular face cream, I would go buy all of that face cream. I would I'd clean out Shoppers Drug Mart. I'd be like, give me the Tom Cruise face cream. Maybe join in Scientology. Maybe they inject you with something. But like I don't think it's uh I don't think he does the, the, what do you call it, the Botox, you know, that screw up your forehead Botox, where you get those, like, uh, Spock eyebrows, you know, and you, your your forehead goes goes solid, and then your eyebrows, they go down into a point. What the fuck is that? Apparently, that's when Botox goes wrong, but I see that a lot, so if you're thinking about Botox, don't do that shit. Don't do that shit. Anyway, when I was talking about therapy, uh, before I ran off to God knows fucking where, uh it, with therapy, you just you go in and you talk about your problems over and over again. And, you know, call me crazy, but if you just just thinking about it rationally, if you're always harping on the negative, if you're always, you know, rehashing and then my mom said this to me like that, that doesn't feel good. And I'm not going to I'm not saying my mom, my mom didn't say bad things to me. My mom was too, was too nice to me. Uh, she said too many nice things. She made me feel special. And clearly I'm not. So uh, she made a mistake there. But um, other people who, like you're complaining about old wounds, you know, it's that type of shit. If you're just bringing it up all the time, that's, that can't be good for you. It feels bad. You're just, so you're going to go in and bawl every week about the bad stuff in your life I think that perpetuates a negative cycle. Well, I figured it out. I figured it out. It was very cathartic. Well, first of all, catharsis doesn't seem to have any merit in psychology. From what I remember in school, catharsis where they where they say, you know, you get it out. Um, like me talking about Greg and Charming. You get it out. So what? Like, I, no, I feel bad again now. Thinking back to 10 years ago when the guy, you know, didn't seem to like my routine feel bad and just like i'd feel bad if, if i if you open up old wounds just like look here's a good analogy you got some stitches on your forearm and then they're healing pretty well and then the doctor's like you leave those alone now those are stitches don't you go gnawing at that like a rabid dog and you're like doc i won't do that come on no and then you go to a psychologist and the psychologist says you know what we need to do we need to get a fork and we need to pull those stitches apart like just let's just get right in there Let's get right in there. In fact, let's get no. Let's get a dirty screwdriver. Let's do that. Uh, let's uh, rip open those stitches and associate a bunch of other things to those stitches that previously weren't associated to it. It just and now some some research is coming out saying that I don't know if you'd call it Freudian, but that type of therapy where you just sit down and complain and bitch and moan, it, it's it's creating some 
cyclical negativity. Oh, duh, right? Duh. What is this? 1985? I just said duh. But, uh, yeah, that's what I think about psychology. I, I certainly, any, I had a few therapy sessions, you know, back when I lost some money. And I, uh, I got to say, like, I felt better when the therapy sessions were done because they were done. Because I, I just went in and I just felt like, well, look, I'm a more sensible human being than I acted. So I'm just going to be more sensible from now on. I would I came to that conclusion without the therapist. I didn't really, the therapist is just saying some stuff and I'm like, yeah, all right, fine. Uh, and then look, let's, let's, let's get to the bottom of it. Why are you like this? Because I'm a complicated human being. I grew up in the world. There's a lot of things, all right? There's a lot of, lot of stuff going on. I'm a comedian. I thought I could make some quick money. Uh, you know who's lost a lot of money on the stock market? A billion fucking people. All right? It's easy to lose money on the stock market. Jesus Christ. Um, and I get, look, I mean, if you've had some major traumas, I, yeah, sure. You know, sometimes, sometimes you need help. Sometimes you need pills. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes you need pills and you need help. But a lot of times I don't feel so good. So I'm, let's go, I'm going to go in and talk about how bad I feel all the time. I'm, you're going to keep feeling bad. That's my, that's my, there's some, it's not necessarily grin and bear it, but it's move on with your life and uh, get interested in other things. Put your efforts into things you enjoy Go meet some people. Have some good times. You know, uh, if you like a, a, some some drinks, have have a beer with a friend. If you can't drink, go have a coffee with a friend. If you don't like coffee, I don't know what else you can do. I only have two suggestions. But yeah, just don't don't constantly harp on the negative. Says the man who's doing a podcast so he can harp on the negative. Don't do what I do, people. Do what I say. No, I, I like no. Look, I I practice what I preach. That's a that's a line I've embroidered on a pillow. Don't shit where you eat. Practice what you preach. And uh, oh, I think my family's coming home. Yeah, I'm gonna pause it one sec. No, no, not my family. That was my neighbor who was. Um, she was doing her door nice and slow because she she could hear me talking. So she wanted she wanted to uh, just oh I'm having trouble with the keys. I wonder uh, oh this is taking me a long time. I just coincidentally can hear them. Like for our our building, you can hear people in the hallway so easily, uh, and vice versa. They they people in the hallway if they're close to your door, they can just basically hear you like there's no door. So she was like, well, what's going on in there? He seems awfully animated. He seems awfully animated. And I am. Because I'm trying to get through to you people. Trying to get through. You know, I'm trying to get through to myself. You know? No reason to harp on the negative. But that's it. I, I, I've been doing this for, for a while now. And it's been helping, I think. It's been working. It, I, I'm trying to actively ignore things I don't like. And... uh Go towards things I do like. They say that when you're training an animal, like our little olive cat here, you um, if it if a, if an animal shits on the floor, you know people used to be all oh, rub his nose in it. That is that's awful. Apparently that's uh, that's torturous. Uh, it's humiliating for the animal, and uh, they get scared. It doesn't help. It doesn't help them learn. They just don't like it, and they're afraid of you. Oh, here comes the cat. Hello, pussy cat. Um, 
so what you do is you ignore that behavior. You, you know, you take the poo, you throw it in the garbage or wherever you throw poo, toilet maybe. And, um, and when they go to the litter box the next time, you reward them. You, hey, you give them a treat or something like that. So you, you encourage good behavior. You ignore bad behavior. And that, that works very well with children as well. You know, obviously they need some rules and boundaries, but um, it's, it's much more effective. Negative, the cat is stepping all over my Zoom H recorder, so I'm sorry if I get cut off, but um, I'm going to ignore the bad behavior, and when she steps away from it, I'll give her a little pet. Oh, there you go, Olive. Well, sweet pussy cat. Um, yeah, it's very effective, and like, I think you can do that with your own brain. You ignore some of the negativity because what are you going to do? Sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. Sometimes there's a situation that happened that you just have to live with. So live with it and move on and and, and, and go bowling with some people if that's what you enjoy doing or whatever. Or start, start a podcast, you know, and then obsessively look at your number of listens and plays. You know, I'm talking every 10, 15 minutes. Check the website to see if anyone is downloading and listening to your podcast because you need constant reassurance that you're not a terrible human being, right? Anyway, that's it for me. That's it for the podcast. Uh, I know that um, some of the guys, some of the guys over at the gym are probably listening, waiting to hear what else I have to say about the gym. I took a break from talking about the gym and its situation. I'll recap it next episode. Um, So many episodes. So many teasers of things to come. Uh, So I'll talk about all that other stuff if you're interested. Uh, I'll talk about uh, Jess Lively. And if you don't know who that is, uh, I'll let you know who that is. And the culture. The culture of of, uh, youth. Oh, my God. So many things to talk about. I have, uh, but right now, I'm going to wait for my wife to get home. I'm going to get a second cup of nectar of the gods. And then I will re-record this entire fucking podcast. Because it's probably just uh, a pile of garbage. It's probably, no, you know what? Let's not dwell on the negative. Let's dwell on the positive. Let's leave this garbage podcast in the past and focus on the positive podcasts I'll be doing in the future. And you know what? This is Maybe this podcast is okay. Let's take it a step further. Maybe this podcast is charming. All right? Maybe this is a charming podcast. And I'll get better and more satirical as the podcasts go on. Thanks again for listening. You guys are awesome. And uh, I will update you in a couple of days probably. On the shit I've been up to. So this is Mark Bennett with I Said Shut Up. Later on.